0: Hey, welcome back to 4 for the road, everybody. I'm your host, Punk Rock. We're here with the usual suspects. Uh, we also got a guest uh, with us today, a fellow writer over at Four for the Road. We got Chris. He also writes under uh, Rewired One Percenter every now and then. How you doing today, Chris?
1: Doing well, fellas. How y'all doing?
0: Doing pretty good, man. You know, just out here just balling out. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: So yes, uh, you are. <laughs> so, hey, Jim. What are we? Uh, what are we talking about today? Let's just get into it, man.
2: Uh, We're probably talking about how Jim's fucking computer keeps fucking up, and I hope this is the audio that we can use, because it's like the fourth goddamn time we've had to record it. So yeah, Jim, tell us what we're talking about today. Please. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up, because today we'll be talking about how Ken cannot fucking
3: keep, Mr. Punk Rock cannot keep his goddamn balls in his pants.
2: (laughs) Boom. Well, you know what? That that segues nicely because Chris was in the submarine sur- uh, service, so boom, right there we go. <laughs> you, you, <got> it. <laughs> yeah, you know what's well, can... funny
0: is that is that even with the amount of scruff that he's got on his chin, it looks like my ball
1: sack.
2: Wow. <laughs> this is the worst fucking intro to an episode ever. No, dude, ever. No. Hey,
1: I'll take that, man. I'll be Thanos every day, bro. Yeah, but you <laughs> lose
2: this, man. <laughs>
1: No, yeah, it, on submarines and ball sacks usually. Uh, that's the cat brains and the uh, and the roadmap stretched yep. out over a battle lantern.
2: Yeah. Hey, you know, and, and something that that punk rock brought up in the first, I don't know, six takes we tried to do. You're getting some stickers made too, aren't you?
0: Yeah, man, I'm getting some uh, some here for the gangbang stickers. But
2: which, which you got to know that that, that that was accurate. Out. People got to know that we figured out it's actually um, through studying Pornhub. It's technically a train since not everybody went at the same time. But here for the gangbang, um, it just sounds better, rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Um, and like we said last time, you know, rolling off the tongue is something you don't want to do in a gangbang or in a train. Really, I don't. With that girl, period, just just don't don't do it. Yeah, she was on her period. What? <laughs> so, that would have been great. That would have saved me thousands of dollars if she was a, a month if she was on her period. That would have well, been gotten fun. an extra patch or something, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you just had to go wing it. Oh. Hey, you know how
2: many patch? You know how many patches I could buy from certain clubs if I had all that money in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, me, yeah.
0: So, hey, just just for everybody that's, uh, for some reason, starting at the newest episode, working their way backwards, uh, you need to go look at, take, take a listen to our 1%er history uh, and more show. Uh, you're going to learn something very interesting about Andar, and uh, this will all make sense to you now.
2: What a great, what a great episode with great history that was absolutely fucking ruined by you hooligans and your degenerate fucking lifestyles.
0: Yeah. I think I got I am pretty sure I knocked over like a shit ton of beer bottles too. Yes. <laughs> like yes, I was, was that was was that show? It wasn't yeah. that
1: show and I think I, I think that's why you got all those koozies sent to you to cut down on the audio on that stuff.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> <sense>. All right.
2: <laughs> They're like silencers. <laughs> what the fuck? what are we we talking about today so today um what we're gonna do is we're gonna have chris give us um a little (laughs) overview of his history what got him into bikes what got him into the mc world and then um we're gonna kind of pivot off of that and talk about why we fucking started writing um either here at the other site whatever and and kind of what we like about it and maybe like a good, you know, an article that we've really enjoyed that we wrote, or something where we interacted on an article that that meant a lot to us, or something like that. So it'll be a simple episode today.
0: It's simple, man. We all started writing because
2: bitches love authors. Duh. I did it's it all, all for the rookie. It's all dudes on the side.
0: Yeah, but there's all dudes in Motley Crue, but chicks were lining up to bang them.
2: <laughs> hey, so Chris. um, Tell us a little bit about about you. What got you into bikes and and the MC world and stuff like that? Yeah, but like a
0: little bit because the first time we were recording, you gave. I don't want to know about your birth. I know, right? <laughs> I don't want.
1: To know. No, no, it was on two wheels, bro. It's cesarean though. Mom couldn't pass. Mom couldn't pass the one twenty five that I was riding. So that is cesarean. <laughs> my uh, no, mom. <laughs> Why the um,
0: fuck listen to us, man? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so um I started riding bikes at a young age, started riding uh dirt bikes and stuff. Um just kinda ripping around the neighborhood on my on my buddy's little uh little Kawasaki uh dirt bike. Um didn't really get into the bike scene too much uh while I was in the military. Um kinda fringe hung around, you know, going out to going out to a few bike nights in Stan, in San Diego, um uh, going out to bike nights in Hawaii, um messed around a little bit with, uh, with racing, um, when I was stationed in South Carolina, but not too much. Um, then I got out, I got out of the military in, in, uh, 2012 on a medical Moved to Vegas, met up with a great group of guys out there. Um, really introduced me kind of, that was my foundation. Um, and where I learned that, that the MC community was, was, uh, you know, uh, more, more of a, Kind of more of a family-oriented thing, um, you know, where everybody kind of looked out for each other. Everybody, you know, mutual respect, as long as the respect was due, type of stuff like that. Um, kind of grew out of that situation. Um, then I started looking at some, at some veteran clubs because I was still really, really, um, you know, fresh out of the military. Um, going through some of my own crap, you know, with my headspace and things like that. Um, but... Then realized real quickly that I, I just couldn't be around, um, you know, just hundred percent veterans all the fucking time. Um, just because there, there's a lot of times, man, where we come out and we're a little bit fucked in the, in the dome piece and that just creates more drama. Uh, um, met my, met my current club probably about four, four and a half years ago, uh, hung around for a good long bit. Um, then started prospecting, prospected for about a year. Um, and just celebrated my third year anniversary, um, with, with my brothers, uh, a couple weeks ago. And honestly, man, it's probably been the, the best, uh, four years on two wheels that I've had, um, looking forward to the future.
2: What, uh, Chris, what, um, what, you know, you don't have to go into like a lot of details, but what kind of brought you that you knew, like this club that you're with now, that was the one and that's kind of where you were going to make your home. Was there like a a certain it factor? Was it just, you know, that was the only game in town. Cause I mean, that happens for some people. Uh, What was it for you that you were like, man, this is, this is my home and this is where I'm going to, you know, where I'm going to prospect and want to be at for a long time.
1: That's, that's a, that's really a, that's thank you for, thank you for reminding me about that because there are so many clubs in fucking Northern California. It's not not even funny. Um, It used to be a joke. Like there was a a council in 99 back in the time. Uh, but they can't be a council of 99 anymore because there's way more than 99 clubs um, there. The, the thing that we write about, you know, we talk about, hey, don't start your own shit because there's always some there's something out there for you. You just got to find it. Um, that's true. You know, there was a time where I was thinking before I met before I met my club that um, that I was thinking about possibly striking out on my own. Um, but I met. The president, the treasurer, and um, and one of the hangarounds at the time, just on a on a happenstance, dude. Friday night after bowling, we me and the wife got done bowling, uh, and we went down to the local bar, and, and uh, three Gats were in it. Um, it's me from uh, a few events um, beforehand, and we got to talk. In uh, turns out that you know, one of my best friends who was the bartender, uh, that was his daughter. Um, so there was just a lot of kind of mutual understanding, you know, you can tell about people in the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes, whether, they're, whether they're being, um, fraudulent or whether they're being, um, you know, whether they're a hundred percent legit, just got that feeling more and more and more, uh, while hanging out with them. Um, and it, you know, the hang around process didn't even start for, you know, like another year or so after that, because I was, I was in a, in a different, um, I was on a different path at the time. So it was a friendship that extended beyond, you know, the, the patches on the back and that turned into a, a family, um, later on.
2: Yes, yeah, so you spent, you spent a good long while kind of getting to know these guys and then deciding, yes. you know, this is where I want to be and where I want to step up to. And I like that. That's a cool story. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it worked out. At least they were like, Hey, you know what? We want to bring Chris on too." where it worked out both ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's the big thing is that it did. It's, um it's definitely, it's a two way street, man. It's not going to just, you're not going to get everything that you want out of your club. If you're not willing to, put everything that you possibly can into it and that doesn't mean that you sacrifice other relationships as far as from a family perspective or something like that you've got to go into it with both eyes open and you've got to understand what the fuck you're signing up for you know um segueing into what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about a little bit later about favorite articles and stuff one of the favorite questions that that i've posed on for for the road was uh from the inbox um from a cat that's been doing this for a long time and he was like, what's more important, the loyalty to the club or the loyalty to the brotherhood? And that kind of stemmed a couple of more, you know, articles um, that kind of popped in my brain of and and stuff that we've talked about offline where, you know, the code is the code is simple. The 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 loyalty to the club, that is, you know, that's the covenant. That's the contract. The the brotherhood that stems out of that is the execution of that contract.
2: I think. Um- you know Chris brought up you know he brought up a good point um I know that was a question to the inbox, but definitely at, at four for the road, one of the more interactive articles that we've had so far was that inbox question that Chris kind of took the lead on was you know what what do you, what's more important or what do you value more you know the the club and the brotherhood or something like that and really kind of I think no matter what side you yourself you know chose i think it really made people get kind of introspective on on what they're doing and how important fucking each part is in a, in its own right and, and how you know you really do kind of need both but at the end of the day you know like like chris said where where's your is your loyalty lie where where's the important aspect and i think mean, that was a great fucking topic that we had up there um jim can you hear me i can hear you you got me what uh what, what was one of your favorite ones that you've done or, or interacted with? Uh, Well, my favorite ones that I write
3: are the stories that I write, especially whenever the stories just just roll out. So the way that, that those come about is I'm just sitting around and I'm thinking in my head about a story. And then if I can see the whole thing in my head, writing it is just an afterthought, man. It just It just flows right out. And I'll write this thing
2: of hours, and there's no way to force that, but when it happens, it's really fucking cool, actually. So, does that mean that you're going to be giving us um, a new book soon?
3: Fuck no,
2: dude. That's that's work. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's in, it's in the talks, though. Yeah, well, I'm
3: collecting stories that uh, I write them, and, and eventually there, there probably will be another book.
2: Are you going to do a, a, another grouping of, of kind of some short stories? Are you going to do a long one? What are you thinking?
3: Well, I like the short stories. I like the idea of dropping into the middle of a scene and uh, <clears throat> having people just get to know these characters real quick and then just stepping right out of them. And then the reader, you know, they get to build up what they think happened with this guy and and his whole life and all that, you know, I just show him a little snippet of this guy's life and then they fill in the rest.
1: That's very yeah. Tarantino of you, drifter. I like it. And that's I think the reader, I
3: do.
2: They, yes. The readers liked it too. Uh,
0: hey, so um, in, in your book, Jim, there's, yeah. I can't remember the, the main character's name because I just suck at life, but it's the one where he's in a motorcycle wreck and he ends up meeting God.
3: Oh, that's Dunk. That's one of my favorite ones, man.
0: Dunk. Yeah, that is. I think that is by far my favorite. Beside the one where you wrote... <clears throat> um, I can't remember if you put it in your book or not. Um, where this uh, this guy's just cruising down the road and he, he ends up meeting a couple of ghosts.
3: Oh, yeah, that's in there. Yeah, a lot of these stories turn out to be supernatural for some weird, strange reason. I don't know.
2: Because <laughs> you're a fucking Star Trek nerd.
3: Yeah, I am a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no that. getting around it. Total nerd. Hey, where's Chris? Is he still there? I'm here. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well,
3: I had to switch to the phone because the laptop made me sound like that robot voice.
2: Oh, thank God. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that's why we lost him for a couple of seconds. Don't worry, yeah. folks. You. If, you, uh, if you're hearing this, it means I was successful in editing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, so punk rock what uh what was yours or what's been your kind of favorite writing thing um i gotta say my favorite
0: is um is kind of two of them man there's like a little mini series that i did um that was like half fiction changed the names in like some of the situations and uh just kind of wrote about experiences that i had And hoping readers came to the conclusion on their own and like the reasoning behind that on their own. Um, And I actually got the inspiration to do that from Drifter and reading his book. Um, But I think
2: copycat?
0: I know, right?
2: Plagiarism.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I think my favorite by far is probably my Prospect Pillar series um, because I feel like that has a more meaningful impact then somebody's sitting there reading a story going like, "Huh, that was cool. Like, let me keep scrolling for titties. Like <laughs> <laughs> prospect you know,
1: colors is, is legit, man. I, I fucking love what you do with that one.
0: I appreciate that, man. You know, and it's all built on, uh, I think the three things that if we work on, um, and we hold each other accountable on, um, a lot of things go better, um, just inside of our clubs. Right. And it's, you know just covers uh service education and what i call unclehood um because we all you know you can have brotherhood but am am i really your brother or are you really my brother if my kids can't trust you or if my wife can't trust you you know
3: exactly nope yeah we actually had that in in my club we had a a prospect who uh kind of got out of line and <clears throat> the patch holder said i can't trust him around my kids so that dude was gone
1: yeah that's the yeah. litmus test, right? I mean, come on, you trust trust you got you got to be able to trust a dude with with yourself and and with your kid. Like, you got to be able to have that. It, you, there's so much more to there's so much more to life than just being on two wheels. The two wheels part that's the easiest shit on the planet. Getting on your scoot and riding anybody any fucking dick off the street can do that shit. But when it comes down to true blue. Fucking, I got your back. You got mine. If I go down, I can trust that my family's going to be taken care of. Not so much financially, but just fucking emotionally. Shit. I mean, the the amount of deaths that we've had in California just in the past three weeks that have really hit close to home for me, it's like, goddamn. Like, shit's getting real again. And people are starting to go down because we're starting to get out and having a good time. And... It makes you really take stock of what's important in life, and and what's going to keep you moving forward together as a group. And that inclusion, that sense of family, that bonding, that brotherhood—that's what makes the ride that much more enjoyable.
3: I agree one hundred percent, but I wouldn't discount titties.
2: (laughs) Yeah, titties are good, and they're big. Titties titties have a place in the family too. If you write articles. About something serious, and then place titties in it, it's going to be a home run. It every is. time. It is. Like, oh, you God. can be all serious, and as long as your picture is titties, people are going to read that shit. They're going to click like. They don't even know what the fuck they're liking, but they're going to see titties, and they're going to click like.
0: Weird shit. So you remember when we were on the other page? Uh, I think it was Professor Blade.
2: <laughs> so he, had had like,
0: he had, like, a picture of some chick on a bike, and then the opener to his article was talking about like astrophysics and then like halfway through his article he started writing about finance and then like at the end of his article he he ended it with like oh yeah like if you're reading this thank you for you know drop a like and a comment saying i got it because you're part of an experiment that you know we're running cuz we don't think that you guys are actually reading our shit you're just liking our photos <laughs> yep and it got like it got like some like 800 likes but like six comments <laughs>
2: everybody likes titties man everybody you know what else i've noticed just in in the time that i've been writing um and i think just in this podcast here this group uh i think drifter is the uh is the senior writer but just in the few years that i've been there is people like titties and people like stories um but it doesn't matter what side of the fence they're on about prospect know you talk about the prospect pillars um but when you talk about like sacrifice and and kind of suffering during a probate or prospecting period or going above and beyond or the, you know, the bonding of the long days and shit like that. Even guys that have had, and we have them guys that have had that, that bad experience and they can't get the fuck over it. Like even those guys that, you know, the, their end comments is always, Oh, I wish brotherhood like this was still alive. Even those yeah. fucking guys, like they <laughs> relate to that part about being dead on your feet after a, 17 18 hour shift whatever the case may be and finally getting a break or something like that like but i feel like those type of of stories or discussions debates whatever those always seem to do pretty well
0: well it's i think that's basically not basically but i think that's it's mostly to do with the fact that that's something that, like you said no matter what side of the fence you're on that experience whether you're ninety nine percent, one percent, and who you're fucking beefs with, you can all come together over that shared suffering. Like, man, that sucks. I remember when I was doing this for my club, and so on and so forth. Right? Like, obviously, it's going to be a little different on the one percent side than the ninety nine side. But you know, I think that's why everybody can come together over that is because it's something that we've all been through together.
2: Uh, yeah, and, and even if will do that. And even if your time in the MC ends less than, than fucking how you would want it to, or you had a bad taste in your mouth. Like I feel like that, that prospecting that probating period, if you are somebody that made it got, and, and earned your patch, I feel like that's always kind of like this surreal experience. Like there is nothing that really you, you know, there's probably things that pissed you off or annoyed you, but I don't really feel like anybody can say that their prospect time was, or for most people, I mean their prospect time was like, Oh, it was the fucking worst. Like, I feel people they they bond around that. So whether or not your time in an MC <clears throat> fucking absolutely to shit later on, like you still remember kind of that purity of your of your prospects.
1: That brings up an interesting point. There's been a lot of talk on a lot of sites that for somehow or some reason that the old days are gone, and the fact that we have so many readers and the fact that we write so many articles about this subject. That just means that a lot of people still get it, and a lot of people are still doing it, and a lot of clubs are keeping those books tight, and a lot of clubs are 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 keeping the bar high as far as who they're going to let in to their ranks.
2: So you know, what I was mean is, is talking to Drifter about that, and Drifter fucking cut me off here in a minute, but it's like usually not always, but a lot of times you know the guys that, that pound the drum the loudest about how the old days are gone are either guys that aren't in the scene guys that got out of the scene with a less than good taste in their mouth or it's guys that only the thing that they're pining for and the thing that they say is gone is shit that was like a decade or a small period motorcycle clubs have been around fucking over a hundred hundred and nineteen years a hundred and nineteen mm-hmm. years so you can say that the old ways are fucking dead all day long but it's like which which old days are you talking about and to me and again not always because nothing is everything is subjective and nothing covers everybody but you know one of the, some of the best talks i have um with drifter are about you know these different eras in the motorcycle culture and, and when somebody talks about all oh, the old days are gone it's like well you know what old days are you referring to are you only happy in the 80s Um, did you only want to be a gangster? Did you only want to be a drug dealer? Did you only want to ride choppers? You know, did you only want to be in a motor maid? You know, exactly (laughs) what part of the fucking, what is gone that that you missed? And a lot of times to me, it's guys that gave up. Um, and again, not always, it's not a blanket statement, but, but guys that either chose to walk away or gave up on something that, that they didn't like that usually kind of beat that the old ways are gone kind of drum the hardest drifter, drifter, put it together for me.
3: Well, here's uh, here's another interesting aspect of that. Every time the culture did a major shift, a major change, <clears throat> there was some kind of uh, uh, friction, some kind of conflict. So look at the boys that come after World War II. They came home. They got back into these clubs. And they started raising a little hell. You know, they, they weren't uh, the mom and pop go out and race on the weekends, guys, like before the war, you know. So <clears throat> that started a little friction, and then you get the wild one, and all and, oh, these motorcycle guys are, are all crazy, taking over towns. And then you get to the 60s, whenever those guys started seeing these newer generation, the Peter Fonda's coming in, and they were going, who the fuck is this guy? You know, I just want to raise hell and drink beer. This guy's dropping acid and freaking out. <clears throat> you know, same thing in the 80s. And now I think it's happening again. You got these young guys coming in that they want to be hooligan racers. They they want to wear their hats all weird, like like punk rock does, and oh, <laughs> like it, and, and weird <laughs> weird shoes like uh, Andar does, and and then um, guys like me, we look at that and we go, who the fuck is this? So yeah, well there it is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but the beauty of it is the heart the heart of the individual stays the same, regardless of what they look like on the outside. Oh, no, good point, those, yeah,
3: good point. Those
1: things, you know, that, that loyalty, that brotherhood, that, that need behind the need, that shit that's there, that fire that's in their heart, it's, it's got the same spirit of the folks that established the first motorcycle clubs all the way up until now.
3: That's a good point, Chris. Thanks.
0: So, Chris, nice. I'm going to need you to calm the fuck down with the like. <laughs> maybe and and, shit.
2: and that's. That's, more, that's what I, like what I do, bro. Everything
0: to everything, the five for the road. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I'm and man, I wasn't. I wasn't ready for that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that was. That was really good.
2: If you get a chance to get drifter going, though, on on these different kind of formative um, periods in the motorcycle culture. It really is good shit. and I think Chris is fucking spot on. Like, you know, I think the thing that's going to make a good club, no matter the era, is is exactly like what he hit on. man. That's fucking spot on.
0: Absolutely is, man. Absolutely. Because you – when you're looking at it now, right, I think the biggest problem that we have right now is pop-up clubs. And it's a mix of the dudes that did like four and out in 2001 and they never deployed, but they want to scream like – oh, I'm a fucking, my unit's a combat unit, so I'm a combat veteran, and I'm going to do what I want. And then you get these guys that are legitimate combat veterans, but they don't know, like, how to go about it. And that's, I think that's the problem that we're seeing right now that's kind of watering it down to an yeah. extent. But then you have these people that, like, I'm not going to drop names, but, like, there's another individual that that we know that spoke about meeting a pop-up club at his, it it. uh... In his territory. And the dudes are super willing to learn. They're like, hey, man, look, like I thought it was a First Amendment thing. It looked cool. It looked fun. We wanted to do it. I didn't realize there were rules in this shit. They took their shit off right there on the bar respectfully and say, hey, look, can you teach me how to do this so I don't get my ass kicked? That would I, think,
2: I think punk rock brings up the biggest point that, that and again, this is just me talking is is fucking us like if you're in a legitimate motorcycle club and if you're doing it and living it and loving it the right way i don't give a fuck about a pop-up club because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna recognize you i'm not going to pay attention to you i'm not going to acknowledge you you don't exist no matter what you're the do- same way i don't give a shit about an old guy waving at me on a honda no offense <laughs> honda Reddit, but I, you know I, am not going to two finger wave at every fucking gold wing that goes by and the same shit. Like if, if I'm out having a beer, if I'm at an event, if I'm passing out information or flyers for, for my event and you're in a bullshit ass club, you're not going to get my fucking flyer. Like it's on us. Like I don't give a shit about sons of anarchy, the Mayans. It, it, uh, what was that other club? Punk rock was in the devil's ride. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Wow. Widows.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Nice. It, Man. Jim comes in with the Black Widows, you fuck.
1: And that was another <laughs> reference to another podcast, by the way. So go ahead and look up the Prospect uh, stories, and you'll hear about <laughs> you'll hear about Ken's experience with the fucking Laughing Devils.
2: I was <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about about these problems. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on, us. it's on us. It's on us. If you're not inviting these people to your parties, if you're not shaking their hands at bike nights, if you're not having a beer with them at the bar, if you're not inviting them on runs, then they, they don't fucking matter. They're no different than. Uh, than um, A Moped club or a car club like they can Go do their own little thing and they Don't exist in the legitimate MC World unfortunately you have Very legitimate clubs that found That they can fucking get these guys to Give them money to say yes to just About fucking anything and the Dollar ruins shit I don't care what it is money Can ruin the most purest of Beautiful shit
3: Yeah I wish it would come ruin my life (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> it has man. It's called taxes sometimes the most legitimate fuck you that you can give to somebody that you don't fucking respect as a group is doesn't roll off the tongue it comes in turn into the shoulder and walking the fuck away and just not being a part of it
0: yeah like, like, there's definitely like there was a couple that happened in my last in my last neck of the woods right and uh I, th- I think the biggest complaint they had was when you tell them like, "Hey, dude! Like, if you just ignore them, they're they're gonna go away, dude. They're like fucking. They're like people. You know, they're just people. Like, you ignore them, they will go away and go get attention somewhere else." And when the legitimate community finally, set, you know, just says "fuck them," don't come here. They're gonna they're gonna quit wearing their shit. They're gonna they're gonna seek membership in a legitimate club eventually. And it's uh, there's one guy that wanted to cite um while well, we were we were talking about pop-up clubs on the other side, one dude wanted to site, the Iron Order. And it's like, okay, yes, that's a fake one percent club. It's a fake club. It it is a pop-up. But the thing is, is that is a one in a million shot that they found a bunch of fucking beta male fucking ask my wife for permission to go ride kind of dudes all over the fucking country to go put a patch on. <laughs>
3: No, nah, dude, it, it wasn't that. It's all marketing. They had a really good marketing strategy, and they got people that had no clue about how to do any of this, and they snatched them right up, and that's how they grew so big. It's all in marketing.
0: I can I can accept that
3: hearts and
2: minds. Yeah, I'm, I'm not accept that
0: because script saying it, and I respect everything he
3: says. So,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I think it proves a great point. Like I've never been to an event with a uh that wasn't to the public i've never been to a legitimate motorcycle closed community event that's high, had iron order members in it nope. uh because they're not recognized and and that's the thing and it, rather than like read you know readers all the time oh let's blast this club or blast these guys are sending us pictures of some fucking idiot in the inbox or something like that like i i enjoy looking at that just as much as the next guy but I don't feel the need to put these people on blast all the time because they're not a part of I don't they're not a part of my world. Um like that fucking goofy pale horse motherfucker. Like am I giving him attention now by mentioning it? I don't know. But that fucking weirdo.
0: Yeah. And then there was fuck <laughs> like, hey, don't forget Mr. Mayhem, nomad one percenter. You remember that?
2: No, which one's that?
0: Oh, dude, that was like right after I came on staff at the other site. Um this dude bought a set of uh, 81 patches off of, like, Wish.com or oh, something. Oh, like I
1: remember that guy, He was yeah. down That Texas. was a dude in Texas, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a dude in Texas that couldn't put a fucking, he couldn't put, like, eight words together without tripping over his own dick type of shit.
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah he was next to his pop-up pool. He had, like, two teeth or something, too, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, there I was, I think that was, like, I think... the third club he did with that shit.
0: I think collectively there was more teeth in the Tiger King than that dude.
1: Oh, you know what? Wow. See, here we go with the fucking bullshit. Yeah. I, I still have yet to watch that dude. Corona. The coronavirus has not hit me hard enough for Tiger King yet. <laughs> see, you're not, <laughs> see, you're talking shit about it like, oh my god, fuck that, I'm not
0: that bored. What you're doing is really you're just depriving yourself of quality documentary. And really what I mean by quality documentary is you're missing out on an opportunity to look at everything that's wrong in your life that you perceive to be wrong or perceive to be an issue and sit back and go, huh, my life's not that bad.
3: <laughs> well,
0: see, when I'm not first that deep
1: it, in the hole yet, man. I'm When going I to the first saw that again. thing...
3: <laughs> <laughs> so when I first saw that thing, I thought they were fucking with me. I thought there's no way in hell these people can be real. But yeah, they were.
0: It's, it is the best waste of time. Like, if you have nothing else to do, productive... Like, dude, I... I would come home from work, and my wife is like, "Bro, come on, we gotta watch. We wanna gotta, gotta watch a couple episodes. We gotta do it. Come on." It's it's fucking glorious, man. It's it is a whole series of every ten minutes. You're sitting there watching, going like, "Oh my god, this shit cannot get crazier." And the show saying, "Hold my beer," and it gets fucking crazier. And then the show and like the first episode ends, and you're like, "Oh my god, what was that?" And and the second season just comes in, or the second show just like, dude, that was nothing. We were about to blow your fucking mind. Every fucking episode, you need to watch yeah.
1: it. Well, I'm, I might have to do it because the, the the last dance ends next Sunday, and then I got three weeks before, uh, which I'm sure will still be locked down for that. I got three weeks before Yellowstone Season 3 starts, so... Maybe I'll have to fucking go ahead and do it. So I'll I'll tell you what, man. you got to make it
0: through. The first two episodes are just like any other documentary where they just give you backstory and it's kind of boring. But you hit episode three, and it's just like, what am I doing with my life? And episode four, you're just like, this is exactly why I'm here. Give me more.
1: (laughs) Uh, You're talking to a guy. It took me uh, five times to get through the first season of Breaking Bad. And then once I got through the first season... I was, I was in it and then watched everything after that. Better Call Saul and fucking El Camino and all that shit. So, yeah. so I'll, I'll, if try to, I'll try to stomach it.
3: If we were going to do a motorcycle show, w- what would our motorcycle show look like?
0: <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure if you get me and Andar drunk, we can top the Tiger King.
2: Yeah. Have you ever seen Trailer Park Boys?
0: Yeah, I man. Oh, it's oh, it's oh, bubbles? I'm, I'm
1: Bubbles, Dibs. That's <laughs> a nice fucking kitty <laughs> yep. cat. Oh, fuck. I'll be <laughs> that guy that lives in his car, in somebody else's car, in somebody else's
2: driveway or something.
0: This is uh, what our podcast has become. Um you know what?
2: It's good that we did that though, because the Trailer Park Boys are a uh, uh, Canadian, so that'll be good for our one Canadian listener. What's it for? Co- <laughs> you know, I won't, I won't mention his name, but, but our one Canadian listener that always writes, and now we, now we got a shout out with the fucking. He's pretty fucking loyal, man. I like that guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> yeah, that dude's dope as fuck. I know who you're talking about that dude's dope as fuck.
2: Yeah, we're like, we're like sending screenshots of like what country is listening to the podcast, and it says like Canada one. We're like, thanks, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah man we got, dude, we got some it's some really weird like really diverse people that listen to this and i, I really appreciate you guys for putting up with us especially for this long because the screenshots that i'm sending out of the statistics are per episode and we're getting people from like venezuela and it's just well, yeah, like
1: you got a shout out to new zealand uh this past weekend
2: right
0: yeah yeah we had we had we had a couple of you got like 40 or 50 dudes in new zealand that listen oh um, really it's yeah, yeah
2: that's all wow. drifter man like even the uh, i've noticed anyway uh, not and nothing against the last site that we wrote at, but but i feel like a lot of euro uh bikers have come over here and like want to share shit with drifter and i know drifter's kind of always been the one to go to on like like some of like the london motorcycle um kind of scene history and stuff like that in england Um, but I think other guys like just found out that Drifter has this this passion for it, and then fucking just bombarded us with with great stuff about like, um, we have one guy. What was he from Australia or something like that? Um, you know, we've got another one from from England. Like, we get a lot Uh, of good shit. Biohazard
3: from England. He's he's been uh putting out regular stuff. He's with a one percent big time club in UK. There, a homegrown UK club. I have to
0: say, before he started, um. You know because he wrote in with his with his real name and says hey like you know and you and you asked first you're like hey like what should we call you like where do you want us to use your name um, before that because he would always type his name out in capital yeah. letters I always just heard him screaming
3: like you millennial
0: you are England I just thought it was funny. I think he's awesome, though. Like the goddamn dude, the shit that he writes. I like. I read that, and it's like, why the fuck do these guys let me on staff? Like, <laughs> when you I, got,
3: when you read his stuff, you read it in an English accent in your head, don't you? I do. Uh, yeah. Me too. I yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I do, and I'm a little upset about the lack of the
0: word of crumpets.
3: By the way,
2: <laughs> we'll bring it up with him. <laughs> so,
0: biohazard. If you're listening to this, more
2: crumpets. Dude, and the the education he brings about like and him and um the other um uh, there was Lee from England too. Uh, yeah, good old Lee. You yep. know, tell, like talking about just the like for us and how we think of MC protocol to be a fish out of water going overseas to somewhere like like England and like, you know, the difference with like an MCC and the side patches and the front patches and who can get a back patch and stuff like that, like it would be like learning a whole new language oh, again just sure dude. that you were following <laughs> The shit that
3: goes on here in the United States, if they tried that in the UK, they'd be in fucking body bags, dude. There's no doubt. No dude, doubt.
0: So I remember I had, asked, I had asked Biohazard a question at the other site, and he was just like, no, nah, man, that gets you shot. I'm like, really? Over <laughs> the, Yeah, that, that gets you shot, like on the, on the spot. Even if it was there's one like, of your allies, like, you know you're not supposed to be doing that. You just get shot. Like, there's, God one damn.
2: Gun all, there's like one gun in all of London, and they're like reserved for the motorcycle. Like, yeah. If you fuck up in the MC world, you get this one, this one gun. <laughs> <laughs> what are the cops called? A Bobby or whatever. Just shows up and like hands you the pistol. It's like, yeah, we heard about this guy. We heard about him.
3: <laughs> <coughs>
1: wow. Oh, <man. laughs>
3: no, hey, it's so, okay. Okay. Back it up. Everybody just back it up. If we had our own TV show and we were going to do something motorcycle related, what will we do? Will we start out with a prospect and follow this prospect all the way through till he gets patched in, or kicked out, or what the fuck ever? Or how would we do it so that it's not Sons of Anarchy and not some boring it, ass I bullshit? All
2: right. I got it. I got it.
0: <laughs> so it's going to start out right, following this club called the Fourteen Outlaws. Okay,
3: <laughs> <laughs> where would you come yeah, up with that name? Okay, that's it's weird. a it's a
0: it's a, it's, a, it's a racing club. Right,
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, how far here back? Go. Does colors,
0: go. Here the, here's the thing, right? Their colors are white and black.
3: H- no, no, right. no, black and white. Black and white.
0: <laughs> and it shows how their beef on the track just evolves into this drug dealing, gun toting, drug running, like white boy cartel.
1: Yeah, but see, Will- that just follows into the that just falls into the fucking bullshit TV thing. I would no, say the it, better thing it, to do would be to take an old dude, a dude who's already spent 20 years in the club, and then team him up with this, this fucking young 18-year-old prospect and, and really highlight the transfer of fucking of knowledge, information, and kind of establishing the bridge between the old ways and the new way of looking at things.
0: So I so, was making a joke.
2: Yeah. Oh, my bad. Jokes <laughs> always <laughs> 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 <coughs> so since Chris got since Chris got all serious, here's a legitimate question. Can you make a legitimate uh, a legitimate fictional show about a motorcycle club? Can it be done? Yes, not, yes. Not, not entry, a century, but a legitimate drama show about a motorcycle club.
1: Yes, it can be done. Yes. But you have yeah, to make the characters I'd say no, you're going
0: to make it accurate because then it's just going to I mean, you can, but then it's just going to Put us in an, another negative light, and then this whole thing goes to shit.
2: Yeah, I, I think it would be so. boring. It would be boring as fuck. Like, no, yeah, no, 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 Hey, boring. Man, you got get your dues payment, and you get dues, man. Which your dues? Yeah, right. <laughs> if you make hey, like, like,
0: three drunk dudes in a small town trying to chase the <laughs> same fat chick, and then like
2: <laughs> they start fighting, never happens. Drifter brings <laughs> a <thing down> <laughs> tank. You're like, fuck, God, why is Drifter on this run again with this fucking tank? Get a real bike. Ugh.
3: Jesus, anyway.
0: Yeah, you, so, know, you, know, you know some shit was about to get serious when you see him pull the
3: Gilroy out of the garage? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> That's a beautiful bike. So anyway, <laughs> you can make it. It won't be boring. You just have to make it so that the characters are interesting and that the audience likes the characters and wants to know more about them. Then okay. you can make a stupid show about paying dues. Everybody will watch it.
2: You need you need like six pack prospects cutting the grass then in front of the clubhouse, right? You could do that.
0: Well, yeah, that's how you target your female
3: audience,
2: <laughs> like washing the washing the bikes and some jorts. Okay,
3: no, okay, seriously, a, off the a leather of
2: speedo. <laughs> All right, so okay, okay, you want to
3: do it that way? Fine. Here, listen, you got a clubhouse in the middle. Uh, is they just opened up a brand new clubhouse in a horrible location, lots of crime. But in this clubhouse, they got all the prospects cleaning up, and then they tell the prospects, hey, go across the street and help that old lady with a garden, right? So big, huge dude prospect goes over there because he has to, and he starts helping this old lady with a garden because she's like 900 million years old. And next thing you know, he's got this friendship with this woman because he never had a mom. That's his new mom, and you just watch that whole relationship grow. See? There
0: it is. And, yeah, then and
1: the, the thing season is, is- –
0: for- Episode 3, Sons of Anarchy, right there.
1: Well, no, the, the thing <laughs> is, is that it, the interesting part of the show would be about every, every member's backstory and the positive and the positive influence that the being in the club has on their regular part of life. It's yes. not so much about the club at that point. It's about what the club has brought to that individual to make that individual's outlook on life be a little bit different.
3: Yes. And you have titties also. Don't forget the titties. Yes. But yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: every Friday night.
2: Yeah. Can we do rail so, well at the
0: clubhouse? So I got to do this because I'm famous for beating dead horses. But uh, my article today was about the chosen few, and I'm not shitting on anybody else, right? I'm not, no disrespect to any other club. I'm just using them as an example. But like, if you were to take, like, if you, you made a show about like the chosen few, like starting in like 1957, right? And yep. like, having, showing that progression, I think that would actually make a really good TV show. Because it wasn't about, you know, like what, like, it it wasn't similar to Sons of Anarchy or the Mayans where there's this giant drug cartel thing going on and they're running guns and doing all this other shit. They're literally just trying to fucking survive and have the freedom that the motorcycle community gives us.
2: Well, now it's not a drama anymore. Now it's a documentary, which would be a great documentary.
0: Well, see, but l a in the sixties and the '70s, the sixties and the nineties there's plenty of fucking drama there and what? i'm sure if we got other people on like you know the other fucking host of this show who lives in i a i'm sure I'm sure he could would concur with <laughs> that i mean if well,
2: had, yeah, the,
1: the big I thing is we'll the watch. only the only uh the only network that could handle a show that actually fucking like legitimately shows uh m c life and shit like that it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be fucking uh, FX. It wouldn't be fucking CBS or NBC. It would be like the fucking Hallmark Channel, bro. Because like <laughs> it would be more, it would be it would be more about that 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 kind of shit than than fucking what you get on those big networks and what gets big ratings, which is a bunch of fucking gun scenes and a bunch of people doing lines off of fucking hookers' asses. Which, which that's fine, and it might have to be edited a little bit for Hallmark, but. You know, it could be a Christmas special.
3: <laughs> I you know, you Put that shit on Netflix so you can do whatever you want.
2: All yeah, right, for a charity ride.
3: So hey,
0: we're uh we're almost an hour in, so I think we got to wrap it up. Chris, thank we you so much like, for. What's that?
2: We only have like fifteen minutes of usable content. <laughs> well, I know, no,
1: right? <laughs> no,
0: we're gonna have like forty six, forty five minutes of usable content, sir. But Chris, thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's been a pleasure, man.
1: Hey, thanks for having me guys. And uh, just to, just to kind of wrap up my, uh, my deal on here, man, I love, I, I love what we got going on at far for the road. I just want to send a big, uh, a big thank you out. I, I don't do it a whole, whole bunch, but to everybody that's like listening to the podcast, that's, that's commenting, that's being engaged with the articles, the, the usable content that we're getting from your comments. On the articles that are being written, are what we're using as a springboard to write the next set of articles. Um, it's difficult to not beat a dead horse consistently on this on this Especially. platform. And fucking love it. Keep it up. Send a like and a share out. Share it with your homies. Get the rest of the guys involved and send us some shit because we'll feature your crap too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We got because um, what you started doing a thing called Small Business Saturday. I'm actually gonna. Um, Bite off on that. Oh, uh, yeah, do it. This, this coming weekend. And I'm going to do it again because, you know what? Who the fuck cares? I'm the one recording it. Um, you know, in uh, Oceanside, California, self-made performance by, uh, by, by my homie Drama. Um, go check it out, man. He's a fucking dude. He's in the community. He lives the right lifestyle for this. You know, he doesn't wear a patch and then fucking just ride on the weekends. Like, this dude's the real fucking deal, man, and he's just a good dude. Uh, it's been nothing but love and respect since the moment I met him. Um, you know, so I'll be talking about I'll be talking about him on Saturday. You know what you what you got, Anar?
2: I said we don't get money for that shit. Like, I mean, at some point, if fucking uh, uh, Simpson Helmets want to fucking throw me some money to talk about Simpson Helmets on this show, I'll do it. But when it comes to small business Saturdays, um, promoting clothing lines that we like, like Murder Town or BST, talking about your buddies' garages and tattoo shops and and all that shit, like we don't get a dime from those guys. We do it because if I ever decide that I want to have a business, I, I want them to promote it. I want them to be like, you know what, you got to go see my homie. You know, you got to go see my homie over here because he fucking does this or that. Like that's why we do it. I'm not gonna try and sell you someone's t-shirt to finance something i want to do like i'm not going to make you pay for my cross-country trip. i fucking want to do it i love it <laughs> bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> bang 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 <laughs> two, shots. two shots
3: and plus are. you know you plus you know you're getting an honest uh review from us if we say hey you need to go to murder town to get your shirt you know it's because we fucking believe in that shit
2: we got a seven year old drifter by a murder town. Shit. I murder town. Shit. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: <laughs> but you know, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wrap this up real quick here, but I do want to give one more shout out guys. Sorry. I know I'm making this a shout out special, but uh, I, I want to start doing uh, I want to start doing once a show, we do like a fan appreciation thing where
2: we about show.
0: one fan that stood out to us that week or fucking, you know, that month, whenever we record, you know, but don't worry, we're gonna get more. We're gonna get more consistent with it. Is but. it Sherlock? No, it's not. <laughs> you're a dick. <kid.
2: laughs> <laughs> Please don't edit this out. I'm uh, gonna text him after this and be like, "Yeah, <sighs> the last couple minutes." Yeah.
0: yeah, you're a fucking asshole. But uh <laughs> but no, I want to give a shout out to uh, somebody who's who's been with us uh, since we were at the other page. Uh, they followed us over here, um, Chantel and Eric Martin um you know like they've they've been faithful to us which which really means a lot to me and uh you know like they they share our articles they share our updates when we put a new show out they listen to it they read it they comment they interact and uh yeah that's just that's just my thing i'm really appreciative to have people like you in my life and i i i think you guys are fucking great just so you guys are aware but
3: well, they told me they think you're an asshole, but
0: well, I am an asshole, so there's that. <laughs> but you guys got anything for the listeners before we wrap up?
2: Nope, not at all. Hey, are we going to uh, are we going to record in person uh, in a few weeks? Fuck yeah, we are,
0: man. You're going to stay at my house. Might as well. <laughs> Even and- if we can't get the other two on, we'll just fucking sit in front of my computer and bullshit. And-
2: hey, and I want people to know. The only reason I chose to go and see you instead of Drifter was Drifter's bars are closed.
3: <clears throat> Whatever, I, you're dead to me. Whatever. <laughs> I believe it. I'm pretty sure the the Casa de
0: la Drifter isn't closed.
3: <laughs> I'm hoping, yeah, my, but he
0: won't hoping know my that. My bar now.
1: opens back up, dude. I need some. I need some dollars coming into the into my into my personal inbox. God damn. <laughs> but we don't sell white claws, so punk rock's not allowed.
0: You know what, Motherfucker? You've been seeing me drink yinglings all goddamn night, and you're over here talking shit about White Claws. It's because of Motherfuckers that quit drinking White Claws. Them shit, they're delicious.
1: Well, perfect. <laughs> then then your invitation has been reestablished to Old Town.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the next time I'm out in the middle of fucking bumfuck nowhere California, I'll make sure I fucking run up and go see you.
1: Perfect.
2: Perfect, because hey. that's where I'm at. But I got, I got a concern under the bar down by him that uh, Dollar Bush Lights. So, I don't know. Can you compete with that?
3: <laughs> Would you want to Dollar
2: compete Bush with that? Dollar
1: Bush Lights. I only break know. I only break out the PBR on Christmas and Easter because I'm high class, bro.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's no, fucking glorious.
2: No, <laughs> only pretentious bikers can drink PBR.
1: Yeah, that's why it's just Christmas and Easter for me. <laughs> wow. That butt ice, that butt ice, though, is on point.
0: You're gross. <laughs> You're <laughs> fucking gross. All right. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks. Thanks for spending another hour of your life that you can't get back with us, folks. We, uh, we appreciate everything. Seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, we appreciate the love and support that you guys have given us. Um, you know it's like it's like Dave said we don't fucking we don't make any money off of this. We do this because we love the culture. We love the history behind it. And we love talking about it. And that's why we're doing it. Um we're going to I know a lot of you guys have been hitting us up about the property of show. Uh we're going to re we're going to record that one again. Unfortunately, the uh audio was corrupted and I couldn't save it uh from the last show, but we're going to re-record that and uh I know we've been kicking around some history ideas to discuss, which means your boy got to do some fucking homework because I'm nowhere near the fucking guru that Andrar and Drifter are. So with that, thank you so much for everything, and we'll catch you uh, next, I would say next week, but
2: who fucking knows. Take it (laughs) easy.